Welcome to the Marriage Adventure Podcast, where the journey is the destination. It's the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Well, hey guys, I hope you're having a great week. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of the Marriage Adventure Podcast. We're your hosts, Daniel and Bonnie Hoover. And I want to ask you a question. Have you ever reached the point in your marriage or your relationship, and maybe you're there now, where you've just said, I can't do this anymore? And if so, you're going to gain a lot of insight today from our special guest. Yes, we're so excited because today we're joined by Tony Newhoff, who is an author, speaker, family law mediator, and a former divorce attorney. She's the wife of Carrie Newhoff, who's an influential leadership author, podcast host, and international speaker. Tony also co-hosts the Smart Family Podcast, which is a great podcast if you have a family, with pediatrician Rob Meter, where they interview world-class experts about facing issues, uh, well, about parents facing issues with children, family, is so insightful. But today, what we really want to focus on is her brand new book, Before You Split, Find What You Really Want for the Future of Your Marriage. Tony, thank you so much for being with us today. Such a pleasure to have this conversation. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being here. How long, real quick, how long have you and Carrie been married? Well, we are coming up on 31 years. Wow. Congratulations. (laughs) Congratulations. So, thank you. We love to hear uh, how great couples meet and how they get together. So, how did you and Carrie meet? Tell us that story. (laughs) We met in our first week of law school. Uh, we were actually in the same section and, um, funny enough, uh, people get a chuckle out of this. Uh, we met on a pub crawl, uh, because that was the event our law school used as a mixer, you know, the first event to get all the new students, um, acquainted with each other. And so we met on the bus in the pub crawl. <laughs> okay. So we are from. We're from the South in Georgia and we don't, I don't think we have pub crawls. You've got to explain what that is because it sounds fun. Oh, it just (laughs) means that you, you go from like one pub to another pub to another pub (laughs) and uh, we're in Toronto. So there's a wide selection, Um, but the uh, Osgood Law School had this all organized for us. So they, they herded us all onto buses and we went from one place to the other and yeah, Carrie and I met along the way. Very oh, that cool. sounds fun. Now, did you know right off or did you guys date for a while? We didn't know right off because um, Carrie was actually dating someone else when we first met. And so we had a, a great conversation that evening. Uh, and um, and I was very respectful of, you know, Carrie's in a relationship. So we'll just be friends at law school. Uh, anyway, then eventually they broke up. We started dating and the rest is history. So they say you you waited it out. (laughs) That's awesome. That is great. Awesome. Well, we are so excited to talk about your book. But before we do that, we want to do we have this little fun thing we do where our audience can get to know you. Um, So we're going to go into this. It's called lightning round. All right. So this is lightning round, Tony. We're going to give you a couple of minutes to answer some questions. Now, you don't have to answer them in a hurry, but this will be fun. You ready? All right. How old okay. How old were you and Carrie when you got married? Well, I was uh, 27. 27. Carrie was a little younger. Oh. <laughs> okay. How many children do you guys have? 
we have two two boys um at this point they are 25 and 29. wow i know (laughs) okay so if you had a day off totally to yourself no responsibilities no leadership stuff anything like that how would you spend it oh wow that depends on the season uh you know we have four seasons up here in ontario so i would be outside somewhere I would be either on a hiking trail, on the lake, um, on my paddleboard or canoe, something Uh, like that. You have our hearts. Yes. Love paddleboarding. (laughs) Where is your favorite place you and Carrie have ever gone to get away together? Oh, that has to be Port Douglas, Australia, uh, and uh, like snorkeling in the Barrier Reef was mind-blowing. Oh, I can't imagine. Oh, so good. Okay, if you could travel off that question anywhere in the world with all expenses paid, money was no object, where would you go? Ooh, that is a real tough one. Um, At this point, I would have to say the next destination would be Finland, uh, where Mm. my ancestors on my father's side came from. I haven't been there yet, but it's definitely on my bucket list. Very cool. That's a good one. Okay, so here's one. Do you listen to your husband Carrie's podcast? Oh, I sure do. Yes. I think it's amazing. (laughs) Now, does he listen to yours? He does. Good for you guys. Yes, and I don't expect it, but he does. That's awesome. Okay, Mm. last question. What has been your favorite season of life so far? Oh, it's always, it's, it's typically been the current one. Mm. And, and, you know, right now I would have to say I'm on the fence about that because we're still in lockdown here. And, um, and I bet you can imagine, you know, I'm really starting to feel done with lockdown. Yes. Um, But I, on the other hand, I I really have a lot to be grateful for. So, um, so I'm living in the tension right now. Great, great answer. Well, that's fun. That's fun. Thanks so much for playing. It's interesting to get to know all of our guests. I love that segment. <laughs> so we have Tony Newhoff with us today, and she's just released her book, um, Before You Split. Tony, can you tell us um, what led you to write this book? Yes. Uh, I practiced as a divorce attorney um, for the last several years of my law career, and uh you know, while I was practicing, I could imagine myself sitting on the other side of the desk. Um, if I wound the clock back several years, um, Carrie and I went through a, a really dark season in our marriage. And, uh, and so I, I had this sense of urgency um, to help people with some of the things that we'd learned along the way, but also to help people see what really is on the other side of divorce. Just so that when when you're in that really confusing place of feeling like, I, I just can't do this anymore, mm-hmm. um, you have more food for thought and also potential solutions. Mm, So good. I love how transparent you are in your book about your struggles, because I know being a a pastor's wife and and you have this front row seat to other couples and people tend to look at you and think, wow, you've got it all together, Mm. but you were so transparent and that's very inspiring. So, Mm. and, and I think part of that, one of the things that was so great is you talk about the fact that most of us have mud stories. Mm-hmm. Can you, mm. can you elaborate on that for, for a second? 
Mm-hmm. Mud is the metaphor I'm using for, you know, the wounds, the baggage, things that you drag into your marriage um, that you may not even be aware of at the beginning. Uh, it's It was several years into our marriage before I started to see the clues um, that I had some of the impacts of trauma from my childhood and that uh, I could, uh, that I needed to pay attention mm-hmm. to that. So, you know, I, I, I don't think that I'm alone in this experience. Uh, I think there are many people who've had um, hurts, trauma, wounds along the way. And the, and the reality is that they do impact your marriage, but you may not realize it. you may be triggered or be upset and think that something that your spouse did or said was the cause, but really there's a deeper cause. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why I wanted to talk about mud early on in my, in, in that marriage book. Yeah. Well, and you even mentioned that it's easy to see the mud on someone else but sometimes it's harder to see your own. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I, I think that that was our experience as well. And um, and, and the reality is that uh, it, you may have all kinds of emotions that, um, that are self-protective, mm-hmm. that, that almost seem to be a bar- barrier toward going there and actually, you know, taking that inner journey that, that may help, help you find freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I think, it's, I think it's helpful and clarifying when the more we talk about this. Mm-hmm. I don't think we talk about it enough, mm-hmm. frankly. Mm-hmm. Tony, what... What helped you? Was there an event or was there some counsel or something in your life that helped you see the mud on you? Because I know that's a tough thing for all of us is to look at mm. that mirror. It is a tough thing. Um, it, initially, my my first clue was that, uh, something that happened while Carrie and I were away actually on vacation. So it wasn't even a, a stressful time other than that I was pregnant and I was going through morning sickness. But I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't that I was, you know, involved in a big project or that there was some big heavy um, load on my shoulders, but we were on vacation and all of a sudden I just found myself in this, like weeping on the couch mm-hmm. and in this, in this, despair can't really call it anything else and i didn't know why and it went on for probably about 24 hours you know and then we left and we had to come home and vacation was done but it was enough of a clue for me to know that something was there like that there was something under the surface i didn't know what it was but i had been triggered into this deep sadness Mm. and so I, i went to a counselor and started to explore what was underneath that. And one thing led to another. And, you know, then I began began to see more clearly the impacts of some of the childhood experiences I'd gone through um, and how they were showing up in our marriage. Wow. Good for you for being, you know, self-evident in that. I mean, and digging into that in yourself and you know, looking back what it's done for your relationship. Because sometimes when we get in those dark places and things are falling apart in life, we tend to look at the other person as the problem Mm -hmm. because it's harder to be self-aware. That journey is much more difficult. well, and that was showing up as well. I mean, in in our conflict, in the struggles that Carrie and I were having with each other, you know, I would find myself triggered, you know, not just into sadness, but becoming angry 
quickly, you know, reaching a, a level of being triggered that didn't match up with the circumstances, mm-hmm. with what Carrie had actually said, or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a slight offense. And so, you know, there were cl- clues. I would say for anyone who's listening, if you find yourself getting triggered and the trigger is going beyond the whatever incident seemed to provoke it mm-hmm. or word or glance or whatever it is, then that's a clue to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, if the, if the punishment doesn't fit the crime, <laughs> there might be <laughs> something there. So... <laughs> When a couple's reached the point of wanting to call it quits and emotions have overtaken the relationship to the point that they think the only solution is to split. In the book, you present two other options. Can you mm-hmm. tell us about those options? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I talk about split, survive, and save as the three options you really have when you're in that place where you're saying, I just can't do this anymore. And, and so I I think everyone who's listening is, is familiar with splitting. Mm -hmm. Um, by surviving, I mean, staying in the relationship, but emotionally disconnected. Mm -hmm. So, it's almost, you know, living like roommates or living as if you have a contract of some kind. And, you know, your, your relationship is transactional when you're surviving. Um, You know, I, I hear people say, well, the love is gone. We've drifted apart. So I guess this is what the end looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, for people who are listening, if this is sounding familiar, I would say don't panic. Just because you find yourself surviving doesn't mean that it's the end. Mm-hmm. And then and the third option is saving your relationship. And that means that you've gotten to the place where you're deeply satisfied, where you feel like you have each other's backs and your relationship is um, on a solid footing. So those are the three options. Uh, People often talk about it as, you know, should I stay or should I go? But I like to talk about surviving as well, because, well, frankly, people people do survive in a marriage and do it for very good reasons. Mm -hmm. But I I think it's, it's clarifying to know if you are surviving because you don't need to stay there. And, and I do think that surviving does end up putting your marriage at risk uh, because at some point, you know, we're all wired as humans to have real intimate connections. Mm -hmm. And if we're, if we're not really, emotionally responding to each other, then at some point someone may um, decide that this isn't enough, you know, that they're, they can't live with the emptiness anymore. And, um, you know, that, um, that connection is is vital, um, but you can do work to repair it. You don't have to stay in that place. Mm. So survive is a good viable option in the short term, but you need to move through it and work towards it. Yes. And, and the other problem with surviving is that the, the, that pain, you know, there is a pain associated with being lonely and not feeling connected, especially in a marriage, in a relationship that's as close as a marriage. And that pain tends to leak out. It may leak out in ways we don't, we don't want it to, we don't intend it to, but whether it's substance abuse or overworking or, um, you know, even throwing yourself into workouts and, and becoming addicted to 
mm-hmm. you know, to working out or shopping or whatever it is, you know, that pain tends to leak out in unhealthy ways. Mm. Yeah, there's all sorts of self-medicating that, that that's unhealthy. Well, and a lot of times it's easy. Let's talk about for a second when you're married and you have children in this scenario, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. people tend to think, okay, we're fighting all the time. This is so unhealthy for the children, which it's not a healthy environment. But sometimes mm-hmm. the survival mode can also be unhealthy. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say people need to consider when they have children in these marriages that are unhealthy? Mm-hmm. I would say um, slow is your friend because when, when the marriage is struggling and you have kids, you worry about the impact for sure. And I know I was in that place as well because Carrie and I were in our long, we had a long period of conflict. We can joke about it now and say it was the 10 year argument, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's not funny at the time. And you worry about the impact on your kids yeah. and, um, and, and I say slow is your friend because as parents, in most cases, unless it's an extreme case, um, both of you are, are so critical to your kid's development. Your child needs both of you. And that means that you're going to need to have a cooperative relationship for the sake of your kids, regardless of what happens with your marriage. Mm-hmm. And uh, if if you're in a season of conflict, then the time for peace is now. You really need to figure out how it is that you're going to be able to treat each other with kindness and respect. Mm. And and I would say start there. You know, if you want to do something for the sake of your kids, then uh, it's so worthwhile to go to counseling right away without delay and work on whatever it is that is causing that animosity. You know, it, it, it could be any number of things and they may be things that you actually could find solutions to. So you're never going to be more motivated to go to counseling than you are right now. Yeah. If you wait, if you delay, or even if you separate, then I've I had many, many conversations with parents who were two years past their separation and their kids were suffering so much because they they couldn't bring themselves to, to you know, to have civil conversations with each mm-hmm. other. And the kids were caught in the middle of the conflict, even though parents didn't want that. I know they didn't want that, but they needed to go to counseling so that they could start to, to repair um, all the, you know, the hurt feelings, the resentment, the bitterness and work together for the sake of their kids. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to need to do it, then how much better is it for your kids? If you just do it now? Yeah, that is good. What would you say to the the person that's listening that maybe there's only one spouse in the relationship that's in that willing position to go to counseling and work on it and the mm-hmm. other isn't? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say take a risk and extend yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it feels hard to to be in a relationship where you know, there, maybe there's mutual resentment, maybe there's bitterness. It's hard to take the first step because you don't trust that it's going to be reciprocated. Um, but it's, it, I would say, don't play it safe. I mean, play it safe as far as actual safety goes, Mm -hmm. but as far as, you know, being the one who will extend yourself and try to turn the ship around. So if you're starting to get into that snarky arguing place, 
be the one to hold back, um, be the first one to step up with an apology, Mm -hmm. um, be the one to send out the olive branch and show love to your partner in the way they receive it, Mm -hmm. you know, according to their love language. Cause we, you know, if you're in a struggling place that tends to fall by the wayside. Um, but you, you never know how much influence that one positive step might have. And and you may have to do this for a while without having uh, any positive response from your spouse, because their first response may be skeptical. Mm. It may be cynical. They may say, okay, this is the flavor of the day, but you're not going to keep it up. So you know, have, have the, the future in mind. Mm-hmm. I say, if you don't like the harvest you're getting in your marriage, plant new seeds. Man, that's so good. When you plant new seeds for another harvest, but you have to have your eyes focused on that harvest as well, because it extends out into the future. It's not going to, you're not going to have it tomorrow or the next day. Um, but I really believe that God blesses that long view, that patience for the harvest. Wow, that's good. If you're listening to the podcast, that she what she just said about the harvest, you will hear me say a lot more from here on out because that was that's just really good. Great analogy. Well, and that goes so much into what you talk about legacy. That you, I love how you pose that question. What do you want the legacy of your marriage to be? And how mm-hmm. can how can that idea of legacy lead a couple to decide what they really want in marriage? What would you think? Yeah, it's it's an important question, um, and and it's hard to think about legacy when you're in right in the thick of the negative mm. emotions of being in a tough place. Um, and, and it's another reason why I encourage people to slow down and and really consider what your options are and really think about: Is it possible to give this marriage a second try? You know, and, tr- and and really try to focus on uh, in on the the positives of your spouse because you started out wanting to build a future together, and there are all kinds of reasons that you can get bogged down in the middle, like you know having different personalities, having mm-hmm. d- just a different approach to life, you know, not being able to get through conflict, getting tripped up on um, the mud from your past, for example. You know, all of these can be. Uh, can can sort of be thrown together and into a, a swamp. <laughs> yeah. You kind of drain the polluted water out of the swamp, yeah. so that you can so that you can again just see the the beautiful things that are there. And and when I talk about legacy, I do talk about it sensitively because I realize that there are some people listening who are divorced. Um, there's some people listening who are facing a divorce. And so, um, you know, to, to those people who are listening, I would just say, you don't, don't shy away from the question of legacy, um, because your, your children need to know that they are part of a home and part of a family. And if your family ends up living in two separate, um, two separate homes, then they still need that security that both parents love them, you know, that they have a family, even though you live in different locations. Um, but, but yes, uh, you know, part of what you, what you may want to build, if you're on the front side of divorce, you may want to think about uh, is a decision to divorce actually going to produce what I think it's going to produce. Mm-hmm. That's where I want people to, to ask 
you know, ask deeper probing questions because I had clients who came back to me at the end of the day. Um, had, I remember one man in particular who looked at me with tears in his eyes and he said, if I'd only known then what I know now, I would have tried harder to save my marriage. Wow. Tony, that's powerful. I mean, what a powerful statement he said. To, so to build on that, so many people, when we ask them, what do you want out of your marriage? I, I want to be happy. Happy is a word that is in everybody's vocabulary when they get married or when they, you know, when they're in this place, when they're in this pit, they don't think they could salvage the marriage. I'm just not happy, and that's what I'm going for. Um, so you help people, you know, count the cost of it. Is splitting really the easiest way out of unhappiness? Hmm. Yeah, that is a complicated question. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that sometimes people people imagine the relationship problems as being something you could pack up in a box. And when you feel like you're done, you pack all the problems in the box, you put it to the side and that's it. Somebody's going to whisk it away. Um, but when you have kids, then you get a second box and this box has all the issues related to financially separating all the um, decision-making for your kids parenting, the parenting schedule, uh, what you do with the house, like there's all kinds of issues that you need to deal with. <clears throat> and pardon me. And then on top of that, in the box, you still have the relationship problems mm -hmm. that um, tend to get in the way when you're going through the negotiation process, trying to work out all those issues. And, um, and so sometimes it's, it's not the best solution. Uh, you know, in our case, Carrie and I came to a, a point where we did ask ourselves, is this what the end looks like? Um, because it, it had become painful enough for us to ask that question. Now, uh, on the other side, I have to say that, that it is so good now that our, that I can't, I can't even conceive of you know, us having thrown away what we have now. Mm -hmm. And it took us years to make that transition. And, and it's okay. Along the way, it was one step at a time. And, you know, each little step that we took um, gave us some more hope for what lied ahead. And sometimes it was two steps forward and one step back. And, you know, we still have roller coasters. We'll, mm -hmm. you know, we still have our, our bad moments. Um, but it, I, I would say our relationship is thriving. And I, I would never walk away at this point. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just uh, a, a marriage that exceeds our wedding day dreams. Wow. And so that's our story. Uh, I'm, when I wrote the book, I thought there's, there's gotta be some other people who would be in that same place. Mm -hmm. um, on the other hand, I do need to mention that there are marriages that are unhappy, like the struggles that Carrie and I went through. And then there are marriages that are harmful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are cases where people get married and there's um, toxic or destructive behavior that's going on. And I like the way Gary Chapman puts it. Um, he says uh, that you can say something like this. I, I love you too much to allow you to keep, to carry on with this kind of behavior. And for me to stay here, um, 
while you're doing it. And so there are cases where a marriage has become harmful and there has to be some kind of change. Mm-hmm. You know, you at least need to be in separate residences um, to allow for some healing. So that question between what's unhappy and what's harmful is often tricky. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do tell people to, to go and have that conversation with a counselor or with a pastor <clears throat> or maybe a doctor, but have that conversation with someone you trust and respect if you're not sure about mm. whether your marriage is actually unhappy or is it harmful. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm, what I'm hearing is the road is hard. You're going to go through hard. So you can either go through hard that puts your marriage back together or puts you on that road, or you can go through hard that is the split and the separation, either mm. either path ahead of you is difficult and hard though. I agree. I think you summed it up Mm. in an excellent way, Dan. (laughs) Well, and one of the things that you do in this book is that you, even your subtitle, find what you really want for the future of your marriage. And it's that I'm going to have to go through hard either way. What do I want on the other side of that? And you give some great questions at the end of each chapter to help couples consider or just someone who's reading mm-hmm. it alone. How would you encourage them to look at those questions and process? Um, well, I've, I think if a couple is at the place where they can sit down and have those conversations together, then um, maybe even consider reading the chapter together, like go through it, read, take turns reading it out loud. Um, that's certainly an option. Uh, you may not be at that place. Um, it, you may be at a place where only one of you is going to, to read it uh, and you know, maybe you need the support of of someone else to go through the questions with you. Um, I, I wouldn't rule out any of those as possibilities. Uh, whatever it is that works for the two of you to help you take the next step, I think is the um, is the route to take. Yeah, but what I'm hearing is that there's always hope. There's hope. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah, I um, you know what. Carrie and I reached a place where I seriously doubted whether we would ever be in love again, you know, that I would ever actually feel like I was in love with Carrie again. And that's a hard place to be. I mean, there's really the, any hope that you have in that place doesn't rise up out of your emotions. Mm -hmm. It's, it's an act of the will, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a, you make a rational decision that, uh, okay, at this point, I'm going to do this, um, just with the, with the idea and the hope, (laughs) the hope idea that it's going to lead us in a good direction. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, we're not the only ones I know of a couple who also reached that place of considering divorce, and they were on the verge, and they decided, okay, we're just going to share an experience together once a week and see what happens. And they decided that they were going to watch a television show together for one hour once a week. And that was where they started. Like Mm. that was their next step. Um, And they, they did that. And for a while, you know, that was all they had. And then one thing led to another. And actually several years later, they're happily married. Their marriage is solid. And, uh, and, you know, I, I love stories like that. Mm -hmm. Oh man, that is good. That's so great. Well, what an insightful book. I mean, it was just, it was so powerful. And if you're listening today and you're in that place where you're ready to just throw in the towel, 
or you're just holding on for the sake of the kids, but and you kind of checked out, I can't encourage you enough to read this. Um, Tony provides great steps to take, and she has worksheets on her website to help you decide what you really want out of your marriage. And and even if you're you're in a good place in your marriage, this book is one I would also encourage you to read because it provides some great insight into recognizing some pitfalls and some things to prevent you from getting into that place in your marriage and and ways to return to fun and intimacy again in your relationship. Yeah, that's good. Tony, where can people find your book if they're listening today? Everything is at TonyNewhoff.com. And if you need the spelling of my name, if you just look up (laughs) Before You Split, uh, it should come up. Or Before You Split book. That's great. Mm -hmm. We'll have it in the link to this uh, podcast, and we'll put a link to where they can purchase that. Because I I really believe this is a powerful book that allows people to look at their situation differently. We say a lot of times the emotions you're, you're feeling are real, but they might not be truthful. And, uh, and sometimes we need to work through that and all that. And you also have a podcast that is incredibly, incredibly great and a great resource. Where can they find that? What's that? Uh, it's on all the, all the podcast places. Uh, and we do have a website, smartfamilypodcast.com. And, uh, we're also on social, uh, on Instagram and Facebook under the same name. Right. Great. Well, Tony, thank you so much for your transparency in your book and just today being willing to share with us and to offer some practical help for marriages. Thanks so much for being with us. Hey, it's my pleasure. And uh, thank you for all you're doing. I love your podcast and your ministry. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, then head on over to Facebook and Instagram and give us a follow. Have a great week.